Blog Talk Radio. You remember that? This famous Imperial March. And I have now deemed the Frederick County Republican Central Committee's official theme song. Deservingly so. My name is Ryan Miner, and this is a special edition of A Minor Detail. It's kind of like a special session for going into the legislature, but this requires a special, a special session because of the craziness that has unfolded in Frederick County over the last few weeks or Geez, maybe the last year. So we have a situation that requires first an explanation and a rehash of the facts, and then we'll get into what's going on. So back in late December, our governor-elect Larry Hogan has nominated uh, Delegate Kelly Scholes, who's in a district for a recently reelected district four representative and nominated Kelly to be the secretary of the Department of Labor Licensing and Regulations. And Kelly being a delegate, that leaves a an open vacancy, which is the central committees in Frederick County and Carroll County are required. So according to state bylaws, uh, these two Republican central committees because it's a Kelly's a Republican, it falls to the Republican Central Committees to replace said member. And so the committees are required to come up with names of candidates uh, for possible replacement. So the drama that has begun was long in the making since it started with a Mooney-Huff divide, it carried over to Hinckley side, and this divide in the Republican Party is anything but unity, as some have suggested. So the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, last Friday, probably around this time, have released three names that they were planning to interview. One was Dr. Barry Caliberti, a former Montgomery County Republican member of the House of Representatives, who is an ally. And if you remember back to the election in 2014, Barry Caliberti ran with Michael Huff, Kathy Abzali, Delegate-elect David Vogt, and was on the slate. And Barry lost in the primary by over 600 votes, and somehow is still in the running for a position. Fairly or unfairly, he is qualified, but I'll get on to that. So they also nominated a person named Christopher Glass, and... I had some information about Mr. Glass. I, I can't report it. Uh, it's it's a confidential, needless to say, 
um, he did not wind up to be the selection by the Frederick County Republican Central Committee. And finally, former Delegate Paul Stahl of District 4, his name was in the mix of the three candidates. Now, I should tell you that the, the Carroll County Central Committee are still deliberating on this process, and they have not made a selection. So that is to come, and I think that they're going to try to handle their selection process much differently than Frederick County. The problem is that Wendy Peters, a friend, a former Mount Airy town councilwoman, community activist, all-around excellent person, she was part of deli- – uh, excuse me, Senator David Brinkley's uh, legislative slate that included Kelly Scholes. And Wendy Peters was fourth in the primary. She had over 600 more votes than Barry Caliburn. And if you were a law body, if you were a reasonable body, then you could imagine why Wendy's name should have been included and the Frederick County Republican Central Committee's list of people to interview. So let's get into the crux of this argument, That and, and let me explain to you over the next hour as we unwind this process why so many different people are upset, have been calling on the Frederick County Central Committee to largely explain their process and to be straight up with people. This has more to do with, quote unquote, I'm air quoting, unity, but this has everything to do with Michael Huff, the senator-elect, grab on power in Frederick County. Michael Huff eminently dislikes anybody outside of his realm of Huff world. Kelly, Kathy, Kathy is part of that crew. Kelly and Wendy were never, are never, will never be part of the Huff crew. And Michael Huff you could say politically smart or politically savvy, which he is, sacked the Frederick County Republican Central Committee with Huff allies, with friends, because he knows that whatever they do, whatever they do on the Central Committee, they're taking cues directly from Michael Huff. My issue with Michael, and it does stem from it personal issue, but his tactical operations, the people that he surrounds himself with, I have a serious problem with that. So, Wendy Peters, obviously a qualified candidate, should have been in the mix, and Delegate Huff, I'm sure, issued a decree to this, the Fred County Republican Central Committee to absolutely, under no circumstances, offer Wendy Peters an opportunity at a job at being the next delegate. Look, I'm personally rooting for Wendy. I think she should be a delegate. At least they need to give her the opportunity. We're going to have a few callers into the show, talk more in detail, but I wanted to lay out the facts first. I know that Eric Easley, who has been on the ground, who has been a passionate champion of transparency, of talking about this process, and, you know, I, I need to say incidentally that this process has been the most corrupt process that I have seen in politics. They held a meeting the other night. 
Frederick County really and they literally shut out supporters. Some of them protest, but they were supporters of people of Wendy Peters to say, look, you need her chance. You need to listen to her. So I'm going to include Mr. Beasley on to the show. Eric, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here, Ryan. Okay, Eric, we started out the show getting a little bit of the background on the, on the issue that's taking place. Um, go right into it. It's your floor. Okay, um, well, basically, um, as you know, Delegate Schultz was appointed um, to a cabinet position on, uh, under Larry Hogan, and uh, therefore the Central Committee now has had the ability to appoint somebody. Um, now, the, uh, the Central Committee is essentially controlled by Huff and other, uh, other, other Huff entities. I guess the, the simple way to do it is there's, there's seven Huff members, there's one Liberty candidate, and then there's one real Republican on the Central Committee. And so they who's the real Republican? Um, I I like I call I that's what I call Cindy Schaff. Um, I, I I like her. She's a good Republican. She's she worked every single fair booth, door knocking, everything you can possibly imagine. About, yeah, Cindy. Um, when she ran for central committee, I mean, she ran her race like Dan Bongino ran his congressional race. She went door to door. She had a a great campaign committee. She had a group of volunteers. And I mean, she really, really worked hard for it, and she was never part of the Huff Mooney Kathy Abzali dichotomy. And would you agree, Eric, that they largely turned their backs on 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 Cindy? Oh, definitely. Um, de- Cindy kind of did get stuck in the middle a little bit when it comes to the Central Committee, uh, in between the various slates that were running. But um, I guess just as a, as a little background, um, Cindy was actually the Frederick County Coordinator for Dan Bongino's Senate campaign. Um, right. And so she, you know, she so she ran the exact same type of campaign. Um, that's the kind of person that she is. You know, um, I, I'd be the first one to tell you she's not a she's not a libertarian by any means, but she's a hard worker, and you know, I, I agree with her on eighty on the important issues. Um, well, she's honest. I, that's the that's the point. Yeah. She's she's an honest person who is driven by truly developing the party. We talk about unity. Cindy Schaff mm-hmm. believes that. To be inclusive of all voices, and she has she is someone that has worked extraordinarily hard. I mean, I think she was actually voted Republican Woman of the Year in 2013. I I, I couldn't tell you. I I think I think that was her. Um, I know last year was uh, Cindy Strickland Rose um, that was voted. But yeah, she's she's an amazing worker. And you know, as a libertarian person myself, um, I can say nothing but good things about her. Um, just to, to give you some perspective for you and whoever's listening. Um, but so that's basically the makeup of the Central Committee. Um, Seven Huffs, Cindy Shaft, and uh, we have Liberty Guy, Darren Wigfield. Um, and uh, once, the, uh, once the delegate appointment happened, um, there was, you know, they started this process. Um, this process was actually written back when, um, I believe it was Rick Weldon um, resigned from his uh, delegate seat. And the central committee right. had to appoint a replacement. And the uh, well, real quick, let's I, let's go into some background. So, okay. if people who are listening, um, Rick Weldon was a, was a former Frederick County Republican delegate and represented uh, a small slip of Washington County and Frederick County in the Maryland House of Delegates. He resigned his seat in uh, late 2009 and uh, to go on to um, another endeavor. And you know, Rick is a 
a great guy, was a was an excellent representative of Frederick County. And so Frederick County and Washington County were required to replace Rick on the uh, as as a delegate. And at the time, it was um, our current delegate Kelly Schulz in D- of District Four. She was the chairman of the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, and Washington County um, voted to place uh, former. County commit Frederick County Commissioner Charles Jenkins onto uh, into the delegate seat, whereas the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, whose Michael Huff was a part of that committee and interestingly enough voted for himself to be a delegate. Um, basically, what happened? Charles Jenkins got the interim spot, and then in 2010, delegate now Senator Elect Huff beat Charles Jenkins. Um, by a, a, a huge, pretty staggering amount, because Charles Jenkins was was seen to be as the more moderate Republican, whereas Huff was the um, basically a, a Mooneyite, somebody that was extremely socially conservative, um, very pumped out a very religious um, and I should say non-liberty message. I mean, as you describe him, he's a status Republican, and um, yes, he, you know, so for, for, he. He brands himself as a conservative, but if you really look at what he does, not how he votes, but what he actually does with his power, he is a statist. Well, I mean, you can tell by the situation that's happened in Frederick County. And, you know, the way that we're being supporters of Wendy Peters are basically saying, look, give her an interview, give her a give her. Give her an opportunity, being that she was the next logical voter. This has nothing to do about us versus them. On our side, it has everything to do with process and procedure, and we feel like that a majority of the Wendy supporters were slapped in the face because of par- inter-party, internecine party disputes because Michael Huff controls the Central Committee. And I, I listen to, I, you know, I, I I listened to the interview the other day um, with Billy Shreve, and you know. I like Billy. I don't really know him that well, but I've met him a few times, and you know, he he seems like a nice guy. But what he said on the radio was just fundamentally dishonest, in my opinion. And can you speak to that? Or you called in and talked oh, to him when he was? Yeah, yes, I can speak to that like crazy. Um, so I, you know, I having been working the campaign trail this entire time, I completely supported Billy Shreve. Um, I voted for him. I told other voters to vote for him um, while working all of these booths. Um, that I just mentioned with uh, Team Shaft, the uh, star couple of the Republican, uh, uh, you know, Republican Party out here, um, and then uh, Billy Shreve went on the radio to basically try to defend the Central Committee's actions. Um, during the course of that, he said many things that were um, of varying degrees of absurdity. Um, he definitely lied on the radio. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Um, his his main point of attack was, well, if you don't like it, then you should have ran for office. And, Which is ridiculous. You know, I mean, in so many different respects, that is totally ridiculous because, yes, we understand he ran for county council. We understand that he is uh, a part of the central committee. But while he, other people were not running for office, you were out busting your ass every night, knocking on doors for a candidate that believed in liberty, that believed in bringing back the values of true of our, of our cause to the 6th Congressional District. And for him to say that is – completely overblown and offensive. I mean, it's ridiculous. Exactly. He, The people he was criticizing are the people who worked all of the elections here in Frederick County. He they criticized his volunteer base. 
Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I was busy trying to get Dan Bongino elected. So I'm sorry. I didn't have time to go run for central committee. Okay. I was, you know, I was gone two or three evenings a week at least. Okay. On top of a full-time job, I wasn't paid by the Bongino campaign. I was a volunteer. And so everything that I did unpaid out in my free time and me, my wife even went to the campaign office and made phone calls, bringing our, you know, newborn baby along while making these phone calls. I mean, we busted, we busted our ass for these candidates, okay? You and did. it wasn't and just you, for Dan. It was for everybody. Right, and I think you respectfully questioned Billy and what he said on the radio regarding the delegate uh, district Ford uh, process and how the Central Committee um, basically operated after the during the vacancy during the process you called out and said look this is my this is our thoughts this is where we stand and so you guys further took the the discussion to facebook talk about what happened on facebook uh yeah so um a uh, a certain person phil tran had set up an email relay um so that people could easily email the members of the central committee and um governor hogan's uh, transition team to basically say you should vote for wendy um Phil Tran, in his infinite wisdom, kept a log and a record of all of these emails that were sent. Um, so I counted 69 emails that were sent to Billy Shreve and the rest of the Central Committee saying, you should vote for Wendy. Billy Shreve decided to go on the radio and say that he received less than 10 emails. So the next day, I called him out on it, along with, with a link to the website that Phil Tran had created. Um, all of these emails also included, um, they're called email headers. Um, Quick technical segue. Uh, basically, that's like a fingerprint for an email for when it gets sent. Um, and as an IT person, I can go through these headers and I can read them and I know what they say. Um, so basically, what I did was I confronted uh, Mr. Shreve with the fact that he received way more than 10 emails. He received 69. Um, so, and I, I called him out on it because, to me, as a Republican, as a as a an advocate of liberty and functioning government, our government officials should be held accountable. And his response was basically, get a life loser, and I quote. Um, apparently, he didn't like being called out for his dishonest statement. Um, he also went on to uh, block me on Facebook. Um, yeah. I didn't know we were in middle school, but apparently that's how the uh, Central Committee is operating these days. Yeah, I mean, you can disagree um, with somebody and, and their process. I mean, he's he's an elected official in two different capacities. And as citizens and voters, I mean, you have an obligation, especially as a Republican, to – question uh, someone in a position and to call somebody. I mean, look, I, I for office myself, it, it's difficult. You get you get people that sometimes don't, you know, aren't exactly the most informed, but you still listen to them and you try to, to hear them out. But you, know, you don't call them a loser. And that, that's completely disrespectful. I mean, I don't think he clearly understands how hard you worked in the process for, um, you know, for your candidate of choice. And then to Defriend you because he didn't like what you said. I mean, right there, that that is another example of how the Huff crowd and I, how they respond. And you know, and, and Kathy Abzali, I have to say, she is the absolute worst when uh, issues. Uh, you know, when if you question Kathy Abzali, expect to be on bit list for months. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is a she is a adaptively person. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's how this team operates. You know, honestly, I could care less about, you know, somebody can call me a loser all they want. It really doesn't bother me. Um, I do have a basement, but I own it. Uh, it's not my parents. 
So, you know, I'm not a big, uh, you know, I, I, he, he can criticize me personally. He can try to deflect from the issue. But what, where the issue really boils down to is he lied. He lied on the air to the people whom he is supposed to represent. And he needs to apologize for that. He needs to take responsibility for that. Okay, right. that's that's that is a fundamental Republican value, and if he wants to be supported as a Republican candidate ever again by somebody like me, I, I'm not going to do it until I get that apology. I don't want him to apologize for what he said about me. I don't care, but I want him to apologize to the voters of Frederick County, to the Republican, you know, the registered Republicans of this county, to say, I'm sorry, I lied. That's well, let's all that talk I want. more. Let's talk more about that. Um, I. I should mention that I invited on the show Michael Hill, who is a Frederick County Republican Central Committee member. I had sent him an inbox message on Facebook, and yesterday he respectfully declined to come on this show. And I understand I'm new at this show. This is something – this endeavor for me is new. However, it's an alternative voice for people who are involved in politics, and the opportunity is there to at least explain it. So in the gesture of fairness, nobody have – Nobody has decided to come on to the show. I would welcome if Michael Huff is listening, if Joey Lynn Huff is listening, and if they want to call in to the show, I would be glad to have them on to have a honest and candid discussion. This is not a bash fest. It's just a disagreement, and we'd like to hear their side if they're willing to tell it. Uh, the phone number here is 646-716-5971. So, Eric, uh, the other night you had a process outside of uh, Rand Weinberg's office, who is a Frederick County attorney, I think a former advisor to Commissioner Blaine Young and a Michael Huff and Billy Shreve supporter. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, so the I guess the, the timeline here is that um, some grassroots you know activists in the area had decided that we wanted to go to the central committee meeting, which is a public process. Anybody that's a registered Republican can go there and observe their central committee conducting their normal business. Um, we had started organizing people. We actually had a pretty a decent response, and so. That same day, Wednesday, probably about noon, 1 o'clock or so, um, the Central Committee put out a message saying the meeting has been canceled. Um, so I didn't believe that for a second. Okay, that's a, that was a total crock. That's um, a cop-out. Yes, it was a we don't want to deal with people telling us what they think, so we're going to say that our meeting is canceled. Then, interestingly enough, all the central committees went to all the central committee members started driving into downtown Frederick, and they ended up parking outside of 15 North Court Street, which is Rand Weinberg's office. So, how did you guys we find that ahead. location? Uh, that's for me to know, and for nobody else to find out. Um, <laughs> I, I had to ask, but because I was, you know, inquiring minds alike were saying, "Hey, how did you guys know where they were going to be?" I mean, you guys really pulled some covert stuff there. That's great. Well, I, I think I think the lesson to be learned from this is that when you have the skill set that I do, um, no information is safe, and especially in, especially information that is supposed to be public. I love it. Um, this, infor this information was supposed to be public. The people were supposed to know this. The Central Committee said, screw you guys, we don't care, and I'm not a big fan of that. And so, so therefore, you, I went ahead... Wendy, Wendy had nothing to do with this protest, and she made that known um, pretty vehemently. I mean, she, she emphatically said, look, I did not have this protest. Nonetheless, the will of the people in District 4 uh, has been subverted. I mean, that's 
I'm I'm paraphrasing her, but she did not organize this. It wasn't. It was organized by um, a group of the uh, member members of the Frederick County Republican Club. Am I correct in saying that? Um, it was organized by many people. Um, some of the people happened to be members of the Republican Club. Um, there was there was um, a nice broad swath of of people. There were there were Huff supporters out there with us. Okay, so this wow. was not like a you know th- there was there was people that worked for the Huff campaign um, out yeah. there with us in you know five degrees with wind chill weather. Um, Did you call the press? No. Is that how is that how Bethany Rogers got there? You called her. Uh, yes, uh, Phil Tran had uh, put out that contact with Frederick News Post um, about the about the event. I mean, this is to me, this is something that the press should cover. The press really yeah. should cover a central committee trying to, you know, <laughs> avoid criticism. Well, I mean, think and about so, it. You have nine. You have nine people. Majority of nine are Michael supporters that are totally in his camp. That whatever he says is pretty much the word of God, and. That if they stray outside of Huff World, they will be there be punitive action taken against them, and you know they. Michael Huff said this is the way it is, and these are nine people, including someone who will be making a state salary, who potentially has access to a state pension, who will be making policy on behalf of people in District Four, and will be on committees and will have legislative authority. But without ever putting their name onto a ballot, and in the case of, let's say, Christopher Glass, that decision there was a total unambiguous slap across the face of Wendy Peters, her supporters, and District 4 voters. So mm-hmm. the, there's, there's so much to this story that you know we could talk for hours. But So you guys went out on Wednesday night. And stood in 20 degree temperatures. I mean, it was cold. You guys were. I mean, it was really, really cold. And you went out and made a statement. So, what happened? Was your freedom of speech allowed, or was it cut off? Uh, well, there was no freedom of speech because we weren't able to speak um, at eight o'clock, which was when the meeting was going to be starting. Um, we had actually attempted to enter the building, um, at which time Billy Shreve decided to come out. And basically tell us that this is there's he said there is no meeting and then there is a meeting and then you can't come in and this is private property. Um, he tried you know his his a bunch of blathering if you will. Um, around that same time, the uh, Frederick City Police actually showed up and uh, through the window we were able to see Joey Lynn talking on the phone to somebody. So our assumption was is that she was calling uh, you know the police. Now lucky for us that's public information. So. Um, We'll, we'll be posting the audio of that phone call here shortly. Um, so but, there was uh, yes, a 911 phone call? Yes, there was. You posing a threat to Joey Lenhoff and the remainder of the eight Central Committee Central Committee members? No, not in any way, shape, or form. And was, was, it no, a peaceful, was, no. was it a peaceful demonstration? Nobody shouted, nobody – I mean I, I did see some signs, but I'm, I'm just trying to paint a picture for anyone who was listening – that you showed up in 20 degree weather. You came out with signs. You came out. You didn't. Uh, you know, it's not like you know in one of those old movies where you're taking a giant log uh, to the door and 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 bashing it down. I mean, here is a a First Amendment peaceful assembly that you know conservatives like Michael Huff and Joey Len Huff would claim that they undoubtedly support. And your First Amendment rights to protest was cut short 
out of the fear of partisan retribution. Is that accurate, Eric? All, almost. So what I would say is the, uh, the Frederick City Police were not um, – they were not hostile in any way, shape, or form. Um, they basically said, hey, just make sure anybody can get by on the sidewalk. And he actually – he told us, like, you know, hats off to you for being here, but I'm going to sit in my car because it's way too cold out here. Um, so the uh, you know, police car was, you know, about probably 75 feet down the road. Um, then another cop showed up, again, while Joey Lynn was on the phone. Um, now, we were not – we were not forcibly removed from the sidewalk, but uh, when we did try to enter, we were told that we had to leave. Um, apparently, and then shortly following when the meeting was supposed to start and we tried to enter, um, one of the police officers ended up going in the building, and Joy Lynn Huff came downstairs again to speak to the police officer. Um, I'm assuming that she called 911 again. And then after that, the police officer... Do you, do you really think inside. that she was... Eric, do you think Jelly Lynn was truly afraid of... Republican activists using their First Amendment rights to speak out against what they seemed as an injustice committed by a group of like-minded people? It depends on your definition of afraid. Okay, So um, Joe Lynn Huff has a history of conflating um, issues. Um, Talk for about example, that. During, uh, dur- for example, during the primary – and uh, I'm sorry, Jamie, but I have to drop you on here. Um, there, was a, there was a person who had a Huff sign placed in his yard. And he didn't like that very much. And so I told him that, you know, hey, I've got some extra gasoline that's been sitting there for like three years. I don't want to put it in my car. I'll bring that over and we can light the sign on fire. Um, Somehow, and I don't know how, I don't know what psychological issue can cause this level of disconnect from reality. Um, But the next time that I saw her, she told me I didn't appreciate that threat of burning my house down and murdering my family. So somehow – Somehow a sign that was placed on private property without authorization turned into, I'm going to burn your house down. So this is the level of disconnect and you know, problems with reality that we're talking about when we're talking about the Huffs. Um, so to, you know, the reality is, is the only thing that she had to fear was people telling her that she was wrong. But based on the history, based on my past history with her, I'm not surprised that she felt you know, in her mind, she turned this into some sort of my life is in danger issue. Um, it, she has a history of doing it. She's done it at least once before, and she did it on Wednesday night as well. So when you when a group of protesters came out, uh, and I don't even want to call them protesters because I think that they were passionate uh, defenders of process and accountability. And I, I know that that sounds – that could be perceived as BS, but – I don't want to call you protesters because protesters is somewhat of a misnomer, and I believe it has a egregious negative connotation. So what was the end game by showing up to this meeting? Did you want to get the news media involved, or did you simply want to express an alternative voice with the hope of them hearing you out while they were interviewing these candidates? Well, you know, this is – Dan Bongino says this all the time, and he told me. He said, the fight is worth having. It doesn't it matter what the issue is. It does not matter if you lose. It, it doesn't matter that Barry Silberti got appointed. What matters is, is that we showed up there. We put out the effort. We put out the dedication, and we said, you know what? We're not going to stand for this, and we sent a cl- very clear message that the Central Committee is – that we are watching their decisions, and we are paying attention to what they're doing. And when they make the wrong decision, we are going to hold them accountable. We sent the message. We had the fight. We lost it. That's fine. Okay. 
But that fight needs to be had. That's Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino has uh, been a Wendy Peters supporty, supporter from the very get-go. Attended back in 2013 in the fall. I actually attended a fundraiser for Wendy at a pizza shop in Brunswick, and I remember Dan was a uh, a guest there. And Dan is no stranger to speaking his mind, um, and he definitely um, spoke out against this um, in, in a way that really made people listen. Can you talk to that? Can you speak to that, Eric? Uh, well, first off, I was actually at that fundraiser, too. I think we must have just missed each other um, okay. <laughs> back a year ago here in Brunswick. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know uh, Dan did uh, take to Facebook and mentioned it. Um, you know, I think that uh, um, he, he really kind of gave a voice, kind of let people know. I, I think us having that fight is showing Republicans everywhere that they do not have to accept, accept their status quo. Okay, just because the Republican Party somewhere is a bunch of idiots – it does not mean that it has yep. to stay that way and that you can have a voice and that you can say something. That's allowed. Okay. That's in their bylaws. Eric, they Eric we, we, have another, we have another call. Um, stay on the line. I'm going to put this person through. Okay. Hello, Eric, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Nearing. Hey, Andrew. Hey, could you turn down your radio? Yeah, I just, I just turned it back off. Andrew, you're on the line with Eric Beasley. Hey, how's it going, Eric? How you doing, Andrew? Not too bad, not too bad. Andrew, what's going on? Thanks for calling into the show. As you know, we're talking about the District 4 vacancy uh, and all the drama that is unfolded offline about this. Uh, can you give us some insight into this, Andrew? I'm sorry. Uh, my call got broken up there. Uh, what was that question there, Ryan? I said, you and I have spoken uh, at length about this process. Could you give us some insight into the process? Uh, the process of the Central Committee pick? Is that what yes. we're uh, – oh, well, yes. you know, I, I reached out uh, yesterday to Mark. I just kind of wanted to look over the bylaws myself mm-hmm. and just kind of see, you know, how the process – you know, I knew how the process worked, but I just really wanted some more data on it. Um, and some of the findings, something that I found today was – rather striking and interesting. Uh, the oath of the bylaws states at the end, uh, you know, faithfully execute the office upon which I'm about to enter with a diligence to the best of my skill, abilities, judgment, without partiality and prejudice. Now that word partiality really raises a lot of concern because the definition of partiality is unfair bias in favor of one thing or person compared with another or IE favoritism. Right now, Looking at the whole Huff slate in totality, you had Huff, Azali, Siliberti, and Vote. Now, that raises some major questions that this judgment was done with partiality, considering the strong opposition the Huff slate had against Wendy. The Central Committee's chairwoman is now Huff's wife, and the selection of Barry Siliberti over Wendy Peters uh, has been executed with partiality. Well, here's a question that I want to ask. I want to ask both sure. you, uh, Andrew and Eric. My question is, do you think that Barry Barry's nomination was already a foregone conclusion before this process even began? Before Del- uh, Governor-elect Hogan nominated Kelly, do you think at that moment they knew, the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, <coughs> Joey Huff, Michael Huff, knew that no matter – what we said, or no matter what Wendy Peters applied or not, she wasn't going to get it, and they already had their nominee because 
he was already part of their slate back in the primary. Of course. I mean, that's like that's like asking, is the sun going to come up tomorrow? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, uh, this, this was predetermined. I mean, th- there was never a doubt in my mind. Like, it, it's we, we knew that this was going to happen. We're not surprised by it. I mean, I'm not, can't speak for Andrew here, but yeah, this was, I read the tea leaves all, weeks ago. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I can't say that the. Yeah, sorry, I just can't say that the pick was predestined because they didn't know about you know Delegate Schultz being appointed. But I can say that it was in their you know arsenal of of, of what they wanted to you know happen in the future, considering their entire slate has the potential of being you know selected now that Huff originally wanted. So, but you know, I, I think it's all been sort of a plan that they've had, but it sort of, you know, was determined by what steps, you know, Governor-elect Hogan took with uh, Delegate Schultz and, and the vacancy let's, there. Let's put our cards all on the, to the table. Do you think that the Frederick, the majority of the Frederick County Republican Central Committee and Senator-elect Huff and his wife and their supporters, do they dislike Wendy as a person? Do they dislike something about Wendy's politics? Because Wendy's politics are extraordinarily similar to what Michael Huff claims or pretends to be as a conservative. There's Wendy Peters has never been anything but a conservative. What is the beef? What is this underlying turmoil that has been caused? You see, the Huff camp does not care about what your politics are. They do not care what you believe in. They do not care how you vote. They don't, you know, they'll have a liberal rhino on their slate. And they're okay with that. What they care about is, will you listen to us when you tell us to when we tell you to do something? That That's was my point. I was going to say control. <laughs> so, Eric, you think that it is control. Um, Andrew, you think it's obviously control. So, it's not really a, a a political or ideological difference, but rather it's who is going to fall in line and take orders and not stray from the herd. Precisely. Yeah, I look, I'm a per, I'm a good I'm a perfect example of this, right? Okay, if you put me and Delegate Huff in a room and told us to start voting on issues, you couldn't tell the difference. Okay, him ideologically, I'm pretty much in line with him. Where I disagree with him is in his process and his monolithic. This is the Republican Party. I control it. You do what I tell you to do, and you know that. And that's all that it is. It's nothing about how you vote. Well, I I do agree, and I think Wendy is unfortunately a a victim. I don't want to say a victim, but I think she has gotten caught up in this, and we have lost the narrative on ideas, and we have descended into this process into into process. But it is our job as people who call to mind these problems. We have to defend process. We have to defend. Procedures and the by the bylaws of the Frederick County Republican Central Committee. Let's talk a little bit about that. Do you think that their meeting was in violation of their own bylaws? This is a question you know, for both of you. You know, I don't think uh, I'm not. You know, I I don't know the exact context of that question per se with the meeting of blocking us out. Um, you know, to refrain back from what I started with before, you know, about partiality and prejudice, I, I believe that, you know, this is clearly an unfair bias in favor of a person compared with another. You know, this is clearly favoritism. I mean, look at their slate, the the strong opposition against Wendy Peters the entire time. 
Um, I think it's more of an issue of, you know, favoritism and, like we just mentioned before, of control. Is there any way in any shape or form that Wendy Peters is unqualified for the job? Absolutely not. No, no. Because from my experience, uh, you know, she has been actively involved in her community. She has been voted one of the top Republican or one of the top women in Maryland. Um, She has been a – she has spoken about issues that all of us on this this program care passionately about. She has issued policy decrees. She has talked in depth with dozens and dozens of supporters. She has done an excellent ground game, and her process alone, her campaign, was largely effective, and – but she had she had this what we call the Hafzali entity, and I and I say this in it is we say this in jest, but it is an entity because yeah. Delegate Kathy Hafzali and Senator Elect Michael Huff simply cannot fathom to have anybody outside of their proverbial box, and they want the control, they want the power, they had the power, they had the power backing too. I mean, I think. Um, uh, former county commissioner Blaine Young had backed them, and look, I like Blaine, but I think that he was wrong on this instance. And they had some, I guess, other conservatives around the state uh, back this, you know, this slate. But the fact that Wendy still had oh, more votes. Go, go, go ahead. get the West Virginia donations. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Alex, Alex Mooney, I, and, and this is largely a leftover Alex Mooney crew. You know, Alex Mooney has this. You know, extraordinarily ability to just completely take a. I mean, he's like Miley Cyrus on a wrecking ball, and I mean, and that's what it is. It's true. He's Miley Cyrus on the wrecking ball, and just imagine him singing that song. I mean, now he's a congressman in a place that he hasn't that he lived for less than a year, and you know, he says that he moved to West Virginia to live in freedom. That is the biggest bunch of bullshit that I have ever heard in my life. I digress. Back. I digress. But this is the caliber of people. I mean, think about it. In four years, would Michael Huff leave if Alex Mooney decided to run for the United States Senate and somehow he would leave open the second congressional district seat in West Virginia? Do you not think – seriously, consider this for a moment. Do you not think that those two have thoroughly hashed out that proposition? I, I hope they have in my mind. <laughs> I, I, I hope they have. That'll be the easiest way to get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, Barbara Boxer is leaving the United States Senate at the end of 2016, and you know, I, I don't know how much money Michael Huff can 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 raise, but I, I would give him seed money to go out and find an apartment, set up shop in San Francisco, and simply explore the possibility. Look, hey, <laughs> look, my family lives in California. I will I will give Michael Huff a room to put his stuff in to get California residency if he will go run for that Senate seat. It, you heard it here first. I mean, you heard it Let's here first. listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's hope that uh, that Senator-elect Michael Huff is now imbibing upon our free political advice um, because the price tag – this, you know, you know, they say that you can't get things in life for free. Well, this is – this is – uh, one of those times that you actually do. So back to the Republican Central Committee. What, what what's going to happen moving forward? Could could you, Andrew? Could you, Eric, talk about what's going to happen in Carroll County? Uh, let me let me tell you, yeah, Carroll County is a 
it's 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 a crapshoot. Is really what it is. Yeah. Honestly, we we don't know. Um, you know, we don't. I, I'm not close with anybody on the on the Carroll County Central Committee. Um, what I can tell you is, I believe it's either the chairman or the vice chairman of the Carroll County Central Committee is the godfather to the Huff children. So, Are you referring to um, the sec our second vice chairman of the Maryland Republican Party, Larry Helmiak? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I, I that that's the that's how the rumor mill is spinning. Um, I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how they're gonna vote. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're they're gonna vote either. It's I think it's gonna be rather interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I, I did not know that Huff's uh, grandfather, goddaughter, god whatever was just mentioned there. Uh, that does seem to play a big role in it. But considering when I was working with uh, David Craig and went out to one of their Lincoln Day dinners over there at, at Carroll County. Uh, I sat at a table with Wendy and Zach and Senator Brinkley, then Senator Brinkley, and the warm response that you know I saw from Carroll County to Wendy was uh, a very good one. So that kind of makes me wonder that maybe they might go for her, and we might see two deferring Central Committee opinions, and which would eventually then inevitably go to the governor's uh, desk for uh, a nomination. Uh, but you know, I'm sorry. Another popular network, uh, Red Maryland Network, has wrote extensively about this process, and they have um, talked about a unity message that they, Wendy, would not represent, would not be indicative of that unity message. And they have suggested that another candidate from Wendy uh, be appointed. And uh, I know that my friend Greg Klein and Brian Griffith. They have they have went on to their show on Red Maryland Network and have talked at length about uh, the supporters to say that this is a counterintuitive process. Um, I I strongly disagree, and I went on to Greg's show the other evening and um, talked at, at, about this process. And I did make note. Look, I'm, I'm not the, any sort of those spokesman, just but someone who cares deeply about this process and would like to see a reasonable alternative presented aside from this political docking that excludes people who aren't of your inner circles. And, you know, they have really put out a a separate narrative. Can you both talk about what that narrative is, where it's being espoused, and some of the social media interactions between Red Maryland and the supporters of Wendy Peters? Well, who's who's Red Maryland? <laughs> well, you know, I I think that sorry, they have sorry, a. Sorry, sorry. I I know I I understand. I but they you know Red Maryland has a voice in Maryland and in the Republican Party and and they have put out a statement to say that Wendy Peters is not the candidate, so that we should get over it. They referred to some of the supporters as being outrageous and that we are losing it. And I see these Facebook debates. Unfolding, and I don't. I don't want to get into the middle of that. Uh, I don't want to start a feud with Red Maryland just because we have disagreements. But can you guys speak to this? Um, I, I think the simple way of saying it is that Red Maryland is one of those, uh, you know, shut up and back the candidate because less serve two evils. Um, I don't think that they're interested in people standing up for their principles and for their values. I think they'd rather just the uh, the. Republican Party work more like, you know, the Politburo, and basically everybody just falls in line and does what the people in charge tell them to do. 
Um, unfortunately, if that's what they want, they should go join the Democrats. Uh, the Republican Party is not about that. The Republican Party is a big tent, and we have differing views, and we accept those different views. Well, I'm not accusing of Red Maryland from taking cues from from the, the Huff crew, but calling supporters of Wendy Peters outrageous, I, I think that's unfair because we have an alternative narrative. We're not just trying to further divide the Huff, Afzali, Wendy Peters, whatever you want to call it. And I think Wendy Peters is the person to truly rise above all of this and put aside partisan differences. Now, I I, I well, wonder I no I I wonder if Wendy has reached out to anyone from the Huff camp. Maybe I wonder if she actually talked with them because I can bet the bank that Wendy is the type of person that has spoken with them and said, "Look, here's where I stand. We may have some disagreements, um, but." I, I really think that we could work together if I were be if I were be the candidate for whom is selected. Do you agree? Because I don't think that the other side would be able to do that. I don't think the team Huff would ever be able to put aside their differences and work with Wendy as a legislature to make smart, pragmatic public policy that benefits all citizens, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents alike in Frederick County and Carroll County. Well, you know, to get back to the the Red Maryland article about calling the supporters, uh, you know, delusional or, or, or what have you, whatever rhetoric they want to, you know, perpetuate. I, I, I don't think we're more upset at the pick of Barry Silberti than we are at the process in which it was done. And I think that's, that's sort of one of the, the narratives that a lot of people are missing here is, yes, we want Wendy Peters in there. Of course, of course, that's, you know, that's our, the people's pick. That's who got the fourth amount of votes. But I think that, yeah, you know, Trey Gowdy even, you know, said on the House floor, you know, the process matters. We're never a country where the end justifies, you know, the means. And I think that looking at the process and identifying the process as being sound is more imperative than that got selected or did not get selected, whether Absolutely. it be Wendy Peters or Barry Silberti. There's no question on the merits of their candidacies because Barry did put his name to ballot and so did Wendy. But the facts remain that Wendy received more votes than Barry, and it would be a logical choice to at least offer Wendy the opportunity to interview. And it will really be a smart political move for the Huff people because they're throwing a bone. They're clean our, you know, any of the outstanding anger. They're giving a they're giving a real meeting and material evidence that they are looking to do what is best for the party. And they may have never selected Wendy. But the fact is that they at least gave us the opportunity. Gentlemen, we have another caller. Could you just please hold on one moment? Caller, uh, welcome to A Minor Detail. We're talking about the Frederick County Republican Central Committee. Hey, Ryan. It's Zach Peters. How's it going? Hey, Zach. How are you? Thanks for joining us tonight. What's happening? Absolutely. Let me, uh, let me preface by saying that my opinion and my comments are indicative of myself uh, and no one else, certainly not my mother. Um, but they represent myself, and that's it. Uh, I have to get that out of the way as a preface. I've already caught hell for that before. So <laughs> so what's on your mind, Zach? Well, I wanted to clear uh, a couple things up. One thing, uh, I've been a fan of Red Maryland uh, for years, um, but I have to say I've been incredibly disappointed with the way um, that they've been kind of butting into this process Um you know, I have a lot of respect for Brian and, and Greg, um, but I, I have to say that 
when you support a candidate in a uh, slate like that, uh, the Huff slate, um, you know, and you disregard a candidate that got 600 more votes than someone that's going to be nominated. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And if you want to talk about party unity, um, you know, Michael Huff has a stigma to his name, um, whether you talk about bad campaigning, whether, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. Uh, Senator-elect Huff had an opportunity to be a true statesman and bridge the divide between the two factions of Frederick County, uh, the, you know, Peters-Huff debacle, whatever you want to call it, uh, and support Wendy Peters. And they chose not to do that. And, you know, before Governor-elect Hogan announced that uh, Delegate Schultz would be joining his cabinet, of course there were rumors that uh, she would be vacating her delegate seat for a cabinet position. And, you know, everyone was hearing reports of Joey Lynn Huff calling people saying, listen, Kelly's leaving. I need, I need to, you know, find someone to, to fill that spot. And then, you know, especially Paul Stahl, um, to my understanding, uh, someone from their team, so to speak, uh, called Delegate Stahl, or previous Delegate Stahl, excuse me, uh, and said, you know, hey, Wendy Peters is not going to get this. We want you to apply, uh, and you know, you, you, you'd be given a uh, a priority, or you know, what have you. Uh, and you know, that's ridiculous. It really is. And if you're truly worried about party unity, uh, you you would bridge that divide between the two. Jack, you were your mom's campaign manager in the primary, and you know, you had you you did an excellent job. And I have to say, you know, somebody. You're you're a few years younger than I am. I'm I'm 29. I I think you're somewhat uh, almost. You're 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 behind me in age, which is a great thing because enjoy enjoy that. I'm almost 30 and freaking out about that. But you ran a excellent campaign. You are a very smart, astute young man, and you know the rest of the state looked on your experience as uh, your mom's campaign manager, uh, and a lot of people had have just said wonderful things about. Uh, your position, and I should say too that you know you did a great job. But you're on this campaign manager, and when you were out and about, when you knocked on all those doors, and when you came into contact with supporters who may have been supporting the slate, the the Huff-Abzali slate, could you talk about that? I mean, what was the what was the sentiment out there? Was it was it a hard partisan? sentiment or was it just that they knew another candidate or that they felt that this team was more conservative for a lack of a better word i mean what, what do you think well first of all i appreciate that uh we certainly worked our hardest i know i worked my ass off um you know going to school and, and trying to manage campaign isn't easy but we certainly did our best um you know i'd also like to say that we ran a very clean campaign um we didn't we didn't trash talk we didn't lie we didn't send out nasty mailers. We didn't do any of that because we, you know, in my mind, we're above that. And that's not the kind of campaigning that uh, my mom uh, does. And that's not anything that I would approve of. But the um, Huff of Zali team, they did send out a negative mailer against your mother. Am I correct? Yes. Um, at the Towards the end of the campaign, um, we the polling had uh, Wendy Peters coming in third above David Vogt. Um, anyone familiar with the race will tell you that. Um, I would also say that uh, Wendy Peters won early voting. Um, and the the Friday before the primary, uh, so that Friday, a large mailer went out um, 
that was under the authority of Delegate F. Sally, um, that grossly misrepresented um, my mom's voting record and a couple of things related to her time on the town council where Delegate F. Sally said that Wendy, politician Wendy Peters raised taxes, which actually is pretty funny since, you know, she's just been a municipal leader. She's really not a politician. Um, and they said that she raised taxes, but in all honesty, it was a – she was referencing a vote um, about the moving the water uh, rates, which are an enterprise fund, uh, and she said that that was a raise of taxes, when actually it was a water water rates that – uh, they voted for, which the council unanimously voted for, which put the rates um, and levying those rates uh, in compliance with state law. So saying that she raised taxes is absolutely ludicrous. Well, we should make mention that um, Delegate Huff's, uh, Senator-elect Huff, his campaign manager is currently sitting on the Central Committee, Ted Dacey, um, unless uh, it has changed in the last three days or so that I have check the website to confirm who is on the Central Committee in Frederick County. But um, to, to my you know, knowledge, he still is, but we don't even know if he's living in the state of Maryland, to be honest. Last well, I checked, I, he was campaigning. I, and what's- well, he just announced on Facebook that he has taken a job as a legislative aide to um, now Congressman Mooney, and I say that dreaded. Um, so, you know, that's uh, – where is Ted Dacey living? Does he actually live in Frederick County? Does he commute into work? Is he truly a Maryland resident? I mean, these are valid questions. He's elected Republican, uh, so I think that's a valid question. We are almost you know, out of time. Gentlemen, we are almost out of time. We have a minute and 50 left. Um, I'd like each of you to take uh, 20 to 30 seconds for a final thought. Uh, Zach, can you start it off? Yeah, let me just say um, another thing that uh, Red Maryland has wrote in the past is that Senator Brinkley recruited uh, Wendy Peters to run for delegate um, at the time when Michael Huff was running for delegate. Uh, that's simply not true. Um, if you want to talk about recruiting of anything, Blaine Young actually recruited Wendy Peters to run for county council, to which she declined when she said, uh, you know, that her experience and her desire to serve the people would be uh, in the delegate seat. Senator Brinkley did not recruit anyone. Um, Wendy Peters chose to run for delegate because Wendy Peters chose to. That was it. Thanks. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Andrew, would you like to be the second last person to give a final thought in 20 seconds? Yeah, sure. I just want to, you know, just I want us to adhere to, you know, make sure that this process is done correctly. Um, I think we should, you know, stray away from, you know, keeping this clean, uh, just as Zach has, uh, has just advocated and, you know, keep it, it's not about Barry. I don't think Barry had any intentions of, you know, taking Wendy's spot. I don't think it was, you know, right. anything of that nature. But, you know, it, like I, like I said before, the process matters. And we've never been a country where the end justifies the means. And I think that Thank we you, should, Andrew. you know. Thank you so welcome. much, Andrew. Eric, can you finish it off? Uh, definitely. Um, the fight is worth having. Okay, there is no reason for people to just accept this as the status quo. You have a voice. You have the ability. I'll find the meetings for you. You just need Absolutely. to show up, and that's it. Thank you, Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, I much appreciate your time for this special edition of A Minor Detail. Thank you so much, and we'll be having our regular scheduled show this Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Have a great night.